Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a nefarious, evil comedian talks to a wonderful relationship therapist about all issues, gender relationships, sex related in the modern world from a male and female perspective. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who came to my Melbourne show a couple of weeks ago. A lot of people after the show said, I love your Sex Sales podcast. I listen to it all the time. So thank you. I'm eternally grateful. That was such a fantastic show. And the good news is uh, we'll be going back to Melbourne every single month. So we're taking January off, but uh, from February, the first Sunday of the month, we should be doing a show in Melbourne. Go to neildan.com for tickets to that. This podcast is also proudly brought to you by Crush Organic CBD Oil. That's Crush with a K. Uh, CBD Oil, it's all the rage, okay? Yeah, I'm sure you've already heard me talk about it, but everyone's using it. So don't be the loser that misses out, okay? Be one of the cool kids. <laughs> be one of the popular kids. Uh, I can tell you it has dramatically improved my sleep. I used to sleep terribly. I live, I live on a highway, and I was always woken up at 4 a.m. by the trucks, but uh, I just sleep through it like a baby, eight to nine hours every single night. And I'm pretty sure it's all thanks to Crush Organic CBD Oil. So go to crushorganics.com, <laughs> use the code NEIL for 40% off. Uh, Eliza, how are you? I thought we'd spoke about last time you wouldn't say cool kids when talking about the Crush Organics, but remember oh, how we were yeah. saying, well, and then we got on this conversation about how I thought it was really cringe when people say cool beans, and then literally like 50% of the videos, uh, the comments on um, the video from last week is just like cool beans. <laughs> okay, well then we've got to keep saying it, cool beans. <laughs> no, it's banned. It is worse than the words toxic, triggered, narcissistic. It is top tier. Okay, so we, we need to start a list of words that trigger us. And, yeah, uh, and then we'll have a, got a lot. take a shot every time. Okay, we'd get pretty <laughs> drunk then because uh, I have a lot. Any, any kind of pseudo-psychological diagnosis is very triggering to me. And you don't like cool beans. And <laughs> I'm sure there's others that you don't like. But uh, all right, that's the list has started now. Oh, and by the way, Eliza has told me that a lot of people have actually screenshotted uh, themselves on their dating profile putting sex cells in the bio but she's having issues with her other instagram account where she can't read the general messages for some reason so you know what send them to me uh just start with the hashtag or like just say sex cells bio or something because i can read the first line and then i'll open it knowing that it's related to this uh but uh we're very keen to read them and it's frustrating that yes, instagram's being please. annoying <laughs> Worst timing because I last week I was like I'm ready to get back into my Instagram and respond to people and it stopped working. So the ones that already sent it to me and I had replied, I've lost all those messages. So What's send them on? again to Neil. And I was really sad because I also had people reaching out saying I live on the coast too and now I can't respond. So I don't know what's happened. Yeah. Uh, maybe I've been banned. I'm getting fed <laughs> up with social media, shadow banning me everywhere. Uh, they shadow ban me on yeah. get the, they shadow ban me on Facebook because I made fun of the Taliban and it's like all right who does that offend the actual Taliban <laughs> sorry if I uh, what does it even mean to be shadow banned does it just mean you can't like you're I not can't being, I, don't know, um, what does it I mean? can't advertise and uh, it doesn't go out mm. to that many people so if you look at all my posts on Facebook mm. I have a page with six hundred thousand likes and each post is getting fifty likes. So it doesn't make wow. any sense. And that is because 
I'm being shadow banned. I mean, maybe my posts suck, but it's uh, it could be a combination of both. Who knows? But if you look, if you look a couple of weeks ago, there's a video that got uh, five thousand likes, and suddenly they're all at fifty likes, a hundred likes, thirty wow. likes. So uh, it, it's very strange. I mean, I know they they say they have these vague terms that say you can't talk about hate groups, but I mean, come on, if we can't make fun of probably one of the most hateful groups on the planet mm. seems a bit rich i wonder if someone from the taliban actually complained to facebook saying oh this was uh <laughs> i found this to be hate speech Personally well offensive. we find yeah. a lot of your actions to be hate hate actions which i think <laughs> exactly. is worse than hate speech so not happy with facebook not happy with all the social medias to be honest there's a new ceo at twitter i i've deleted i've deleted my twitter mm. a year ago but um yeah look i, I i'm a boomer when it comes to social media and their hate speech policy i have no idea uh what it is it's not specific it's just this sort of vague subjective uh guidelines about don't offend people but don't offend people on one side of the culture wars but then you can be as offensive Mm. as you want to other people it's it's a mess so anyway gosh (laughs) well that sucks put it like make it put a thirst trap up and determine if you still get like 10 likes and see what happens. Oh, that would be brutal. Imagine that. I post a, a shirtless pic and I get 10 likes. You'd be so humbled. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the insecurities would uh, definitely come out. <laughs> Triggered. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, I see people on um on TikTok when they have like um, subtitles, they have to... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, put a lot like, of asterisks uh, and... Yeah. yeah, like hide the not even that that not even that's allowed. Like they just change the word or use a symbol instead. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> it's there's a lot of like people have to monitor themselves so much. Well, I think probably if you want to make money from it. Yeah, I mean, look the the or just in general, the social media companies just ultimately are uh, out for profit. So they want advertisers to be happy with the sort of content that they're being paired with, and it makes sense that they have to. Uh, be wary and, and cautious of certain content, but there should just be two lanes. There should be a social media for advertisers and then a social media maybe for smaller brands or edgier brands and there's less rules there. And then, you know, that's mm. anyone who's under 18 shouldn't be allowed on that version of TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, mm. whatever. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Well, it is really coming to the fore. The, the government are doing a lot of things. Scott Morrison is uh, constantly talking about how social media is a coward's palace where everyone can get away with saying whatever they want. And it's a very uh, sharp U-turn from a party that was all in favor of free speech. So uh, it's 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 a mess. Anyway, no, po- this isn't a politics Did you podcast. see, um, kind of unrelated, okay. just pops into my head but cotton on is advertising um sex toys now and like it's on facebook and it's so funny because all like the parents are like my 14 year old follows you on instagram this is disgusting and then everyone's commenting being like oh sue your 14 year old's already jacking off like (laughs) yeah it's so good uh, so do they now have an adult an adult cotton on section yeah, and it's really funny because all the toys are like these cute little pastel colors and very like <laughs> teen friendly, I would say. Ooh, so I wonder right, if, how they're going to, if they're going to sell them in store, if you have to say, can I see the supply? Like who? 
That's interesting. That's interesting for a brand that's always just been, I guess, family safe to suddenly, I think they must be, uh, must be struggling for profits then because, uh, that does seem (laughs) like quite a dramatic They like to cut, they sell themselves on being like, um, like woke and okay. sorry, I know you hate no, that word, but like they want to be, they want to come across as progressive and they're always right. looking for ways to be progressive. And in many ways, like they do really amazing things. Like it's a lot more ethical than anything else that is that price. It's probably mm. the most ethical cheap brand ever. So I still support it. But have you ever been into um, Honey Burdette and they have like the the back room where it's just like sect stories? No, I've never and, been inside, uh, but I've I've walked past a few and uh always been intrigued but never gone in it's so good yeah it's it's all like bougie it's like behind the curtain and then they like sit you down and they just give you all these and they're like look at this one this is how this one works and then sometimes they bring champagne out it's just a bunch of like girl or women sitting there and talking about toys and stuff it's very like open and then you try anything on like any like lingerie and they're like show up come out and you just like wow if you're that type of person but it's very like girls for girls and sure just nice that makes yes. sense do the I don't boyfriends think come in gonna match that into the boyfriend yeah okay. sometimes but they're it's i like i've been there where men have come in with their partners and they handle it really well so there's been times where like i'll be in the change room and then the change room is in the area where they sell all like the sex toys. And then they'll be like, oh, sir, can I just get you to stand here for a little bit or just wait here for a few minutes? Yeah, and okay. like, oh, I'll run this through with her. Like, don't worry. This is how we work it. So they do it in a very like charming and fun uh, way. Okay. So it's nice. Yeah. Interesting. Because hey, heaps of guys go in there to buy stuff for their, yeah. their partners and they're like, try this, please. <laughs> I remember I, gave, I once gave an ex-girlfriend a, uh, a voucher, but I've never gone in. So... Yeah, yet to explore nice. the uh, the um, naughty caverns of Honey Burdette. <laughs> but it does sound, it sounds fun. Uh, I don't know if it'll, if I'd be let in, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> one day, one day. imagine if all the retail stores to try and compete with Amazon, they just have like a sex toy section. You've got like Chemist's People Warehouse. People buy sex toys from Amazon? No. I'm sure they. I'm, I'm sure they do. They can buy buy anything from Amazon. But I, I mean, like, because all the retail stores are losing mm-hmm. money and customers to um, online services. Mm. So I, I wonder if uh, to to try and keep their customers, all of them try and just <laughs> imagine that smiggle the stationery store. I have also got like a. <laughs> it's it's a pen that doubles as a dildo. Get that one for you. Which kids. is a great idea when you think about it. Yeah. That, there you go. Put a pattern on that. The sex sales yeah, pen dildo. Special signature. That would be a yes. great product for us to sell, actually. If we sell like sex toys or something. I know. Cotton on, we it should would be. Okay. Uh, well, someone, if anyone produces to sex toys, <laughs> let us know if you want a uh, sex sales branded one. But I'd love to do that. Anyway, let's uh, let's get on to the topic that we wanted to talk about today. It's a little bit relevant to both of us uh, currently. We're going <laughs> to yeah. talk about dealing with asshole bosses. So, hang on, it's not relevant to me currently. Uh, okay, <laughs> can't say yeah, that. True, actually, um, I shouldn't say that either. But whatever. <laughs> it's relevant to me historically. Okay. 
That just made it obvious, though. <laughs> that just made it... We, we can... It's not. No, it literally oh, isn't okay. relevant to me currently. I love my boss and I love my CEO. They're great. Okay. It's like the best. Well, you've got a boss yeah. and a CEO. So the boss has got a boss. Yes. Yeah, so... Mm. And then I'm a boss of a team as well. So there's like... Chain um, of command. And then there are... Yeah, there's like five levels to to what we do. So I don't work with clients so much anymore. I just actually manage other people that go out and work with families and children. Ooh, nice. Leader. I, uh, I've always pretty much worked for myself. I very rarely had yeah. a superior. I uh, was a swimming teacher for a brief while when I was 18. What? <laughs> you were a swimming yeah, teacher? Yeah, and then I basically got fired because a kid nearly drowned. Not my fault. Another, <laughs> this bully kid tried to drown another kid and I was dealing with some kids at the other end of the pool and I, I don't have eyes at the back of my head now I look they are in my care but I really like I wasn't being negligent I really was just like doing bubble bubble breathe with this other kid and then I turn around this this so someone else funny. is crying and I go what's wrong and he said oh this other kid tried to drown me and so you know I told him to get out of the pool and the supervisor dealt with him but yeah, they were uh, uh, they were critical of me and my lack of uh, supervision. But look, all the parents were sitting there. The supervisor was looking at everyone, and and they missed this. This this other kid's a little psychopath, somehow managing to almost drown. Or maybe the kid who drowned was being manipulative, and he wasn't actually being drowned. Probably. It was just like, oh, I mean, he tried to drown me, and he just wanted a break. <laughs> so yeah, go. that uh, ended my swimming teaching career. That is a shock to me that you were a swim teacher. I don't know why. I just cannot imagine you in the little rashy. And... Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> Early mornings on a Saturday after I was probably hungover after going to some stupid club as an 18-year-old. And um, I was a state swimmer, actually, in year seven. Got to state. Really? Yeah, I mean, in the relay wow. team. And I was the slowest in the relay team. But still a state <laughs> swimmer. So oh, I can did. claim that. Uh, that was when my sporting career peaked. Everything after that has been pretty <laughs> dreadful and it's been all the arts. But uh, oh. I had a boss then, obviously. Uh, I was always, other than that, I've I've basically worked for myself. I've had a manager, which isn't really a boss. If anything, they worked for me. Um, and, and more recently, I've been doing a few sort of, how can I put, yeah, because I can't be too uh, open about what I say here in case they're listening, but... Uh, I doubt they are, but uh, look, it's supposed to be a partnership. I'm, I'm working with other entities and, and brands and there's a lot of other people involved and, and technically they're not really supposed to be a boss, although it feels like they are. And it's just been this flood of emails that just don't stop. Sometimes I'll go to like, you know, 6.30 at night. Hey, can you get this to me in an hour? Like, no. Okay. That's not what I'm paid to do. Uh, nothing really malicious i don't think it's like a toxic workplace or i'm being bullied or anything like that but just very uh very officious and very uh it's demanding and to be fair uh we had a bit of a chat and, and and it's eased up a little bit but uh i also think that person i've been dealing with has someone who's their superior who's kind of breathing down their neck and i'm sure yeah. that person then this which is usually yeah happens, this sort of yeah. corporate hierarchy goes all the way to to the top but um i just thought we'd do a podcast about dealing with uh annoying bosses we've all had them well and tell us about your conversation that you had with them because that's that's true not many people get to that uh, point, was it so. to be fair i just sent uh i was sort of hinting at it in my emails and then i sent yeah. a, a more uh outward 
just a direct one saying, look, this isn't, this isn't really what I signed up for. This is not what I'm used to. Uh, I was very tempted to just send the kind of like, who, like an angry email, but you know, my manager was, I was tell, talking to my manager and he was like, no, that will just, you know, then they'll get defensive and then they'll feel um, like mm. they have to def- respond as aggressively and, so it's not like I was being conflict avoidant, but I was just trying to mitigate the the stress of the situation as much as possible. And uh, to be fair, there's other people who are in... <laughs> Apologies to the listeners for me being very vague about this, but I just... Because it's still ongoing, I kind of have to be. But there are other people that are involved in this situation and I was talking to them and, and, and they were having the same experience. So that immediately made me feel better. Uh, it wasn't like I was being a diva and just getting annoyed at these yeah. particular people because I was talking mm-hmm. to these this this mate of mine and he was saying yeah they're a nightmare <laughs> so um oh, that, well, that validated go. that validated yeah. my experience and uh <laughs> then I think because we were both sending uh it was just a lot of passive aggressive emails uh and it kind of one it's made me very grateful that I've never really had to I've always worked for myself. I'm eternally Mm. grateful, as stressful as that can be at times. And sometimes you don't necessarily have um, a a situation that's as organized as it can be and you have to work at um, ungodly hours. But I would choose that Mm. any day over a nine to five, but with a a horrible team. And there's really, there's a lot of similarities between a, a professional relationship and a romantic relationship because I was noticing that uh, even then, after the emails became a lot more, uh, well, kinder and more reasonable, the feeling I was getting every time that notification came in, it just put me in a bad mm-hmm. mood, and I yes, can't, I couldn't help yeah. but feel this. This sounds similar to to when people talk about a relationship that's gotten to a point where one person is extremely picky and domineering and then everything they say just immediately there's a there's a certain emotional response that comes about. So even when yeah, that other person has made an effort and is has eased up on uh, some of that behavior, because your body mm-hmm. is actually so used to just having a, a visceral response of either stress or just frustration or rolling your eyes thinking, oh, here we go again, they're going to tell me to do something. Uh, it, it's hard to actually get out of that. And I, I couldn't help but feel that it sounds very similar to people who have to deal with uh, maniacal uh, disciplinarian bosses because uh, even if the if someone started fresh and is just dealing with that person for the first time, they may not have that same experience, but as it builds up over time, you then, uh, there's this sort of cumulative stress that comes with that. Do, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Oh, okay. yeah. Yes, yeah, that kind of tense feeling that you know something's not even something's coming, but you get that email and you're like, this is going to be such a hassle or such a bitch to read yeah. and deal with. And then it comes in first thing Monday, last thing Friday night, and it's super stressful. I totally, I have experienced that more times than. I think I think everyone yeah, has really experienced fine. that. Probably more than you because, you, yeah, like you said, I, you work no, independently this is very new for, me. <laughs> for majority, of, yeah, of your adulthood. But it's um, it's been really um, a tricky situation every single time to deal with mm. it. And I think that for me personally, there hasn't been one particular way that's worked. Whether it be escalating it, addressing it myself, addressing it with them, like I've done it different ways. Um, 
for each um, person, I think, throughout my career. Like I've had a lot of a lot of jobs, all in the same field, but a lot of work. Um, and I almost in the same field. And I have found interestingly that working with um, male bosses and uh, female bosses has been different okay. in how I approach it. I have definitely experienced that men and women bosses have been very different in their approaches to me bringing an issue to them or especially if the issue is about them. And I've actually found, interestingly, that it's been easier to deal with these issues than with, uh, with the male bosses. Um, like one time we had a boss who when we were working as um, like family therapists and he was really, really rude, really brutal. And he came in from like a business perspective rather than um, like a social work side or therapeutic side because um, that was his role. And he was all about the numbers because mm. we secure funding based on the needs and blah, 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 all this stuff. And then one time um, he pulled us all into a room and he was always really nasty to us and he put us into a room and he just screamed at us and he was like, you disappoint me and this is not okay, like blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I just stood up, picked up my stuff and I was like, I'm not your child. Like, don't speak to me like I'm your teenager. This is so unprofessional. If you're ready to talk to me like an adult, I'll be at my desk. Um, and then, and then as I was leaving, I said, by the way, I haven't done any of this shit. So anything that you think I've done wrong, write it down and tell me, um, because this doesn't apply to me. Anyway, after that, he was, he loved me. He was so nice to me after a year of us having like a turbulent relationship from then. He loved me. He always let me use his credit card. <laughs> he was super nice. We had great banter. So it was interesting that that happened after I had really kind of stood up to him and put him in his place a little bit and in front of, you know, 15 other people that he was, um, I think he respected me a little bit more maybe even, which was mm. interesting. And then in other times where I have tried to deal with um, a woman, it, it was, you can't say something once and then it's resolved. It was, I'm going to, you know, think about this and hold a grudge for the next six months. Um, <laughs> okay. So it was much, and we both were, um, it's much more difficult. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very, the, very I guess that's interesting. The, yeah, that's the stereotype and there's, there's obviously yeah. some truth to it. Um, I mm. haven't noticed it. Well, uh, it's hard for me to draw on that many experiences because uh, I haven't had many, but I do find, yeah, m male superiors or men in positions of authority can be a bit more direct and sometimes harsher and, and yeah. yell and things like that. But uh I appreciate direct aggression more so than passive aggression, as I as yeah. I said on that passive aggression podcast. And I, mm. I detest passive aggressive emails. I just can't do it. It's it's so uh, yeah. just call yeah. me and and say something. You know, let's work it out. But um, I I wonder uh, the main differences between a white collar environment and a blue collar environment, because say if you're on, mm. you know, your, your boyfriend would be on, on the job side and I'm sure the bosses there would, you know, you can't hide behind <laughs> they the just emails. Go and scream exactly. And... They just abuse yeah. each other. Well, the, the banter yeah. there is already much rougher. So I'm sure yeah. the actual, uh, the actual condemnation would be 
brutal. So yeah, uh, I've yeah. never been on a job. Never been on a job. I don't know if you want to call a film set a job site, but it's similar, but it's mm. not really the same. Uh, I've had a few directors that have you know put put people in line, and generally they'll yell at everyone though. They'll very rarely just single one person out. And I've been in a position where I am a, a, a boss, if you will. I've been a, the producer of short films and, and had people under me. And sometimes mm. you do uh, lose sight of the way you're acting and, and you actually appreciate someone talking to you or sending you a, a message saying, hey, look, you, what you said was just ridiculous. It was tyrannical and, mm. and you shouldn't have said that or uh, – things of that nature but it just it makes you realize it makes you really appreciate uh, a um a friendly and a, a supportive work environment or just a, an amicable work environment where you don't constantly feel like you're under the pump you don't feel like you're a servant uh you just feel like you're you're doing something you you, you enjoy and, and then you're also more incentivized then to work really hard because it's mm. not due to the threat of a, a an angry email or a uh, an abusive tirade it's just because you are passionate about your job and what you're doing and, and you actually want to work hard to to make gains for yourself and for the, the company or the team or whatever it may be mm. but uh, as as a therapist do you do you deal with many people or do, do therapists in general deal with a lot of people who are in stressful work environments that they maybe can't get out of you know they've they've signed a contract they've yeah. got uh, there's a lot of uh, financial issues there, so they so they don't want to rock the boat. Uh, mm. it's, it's also made me appreciate things like unions a little bit more. But um, yes, yeah. What strategies would you would you give people who are who are dealing with with this? Because it's, and especially after lockdown, hospitality and events are just so under the pump. And often the look bosses are human too. They've they've got their own stress. They might their entire company might rest on whether people work as hard as they can so it, it does make sense that they're then being uh very mm. uh strict about things so so what sort of strategies can can you employ i mean it's it's one thing to say you just switch off when you get home at 7 p.m or whatever it is but mm. if you've still got your phone on some of those emails are going to come through and uh, i was talking to my girlfriend who's also a um she's a psychologist and and she was saying, yeah, you just kind of got, have to detach as much as possible. Yes. And sometimes yeah. even put in what you could call professional boundaries or, uh, yes. again, with that, it's, it's tough. Cause if you, if you rock the boat too much, it can just make it worse. You want to try to, uh, say something, yes. stand up for yourself yeah. to the, to the point where you don't seem like an asshole then, but also you've done the right thing for yourself and, and for the subordinates or the people mm. on your level or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I, I, it is a bit of a minefield because you don't want the boss to get. If the boss just feels like they're being attacked, if they're if they've got an ego, it's, you know, you can't go to a therapy session with your boss. So, mm-hmm. uh, what what do you do? What are some uh, strategies? I'm sure there's many listeners who are de- dealing with this. So, yeah, what do you do? It's really, I think it depends a lot on what kind of workplace you work in. Like you said before about that whole white collar, blue collar, um, like at Adrian's when he worked um, with a business in trade, they're very much just like, here's the bloody issue, mate, mm. fix it. Um, 
in my industry, if you said that, you have an HR, you know, <laughs> case yeah. involved immediately. Yeah. So that passive aggressiveness is the only way to communicate because if anyone says anything aggressive, um, you get taken to HR. Um, not that I would ever do that to my team that I work um, with, but it's, it, it's just... Um, you have to communicate passive aggressively when you know that it can get escalated formally. And especially in some areas of work, like in social work, majority, I think like 80% of people or something go with the union. Mm. Um, so you try to fire someone, no, like we're in, um, my current workplace, you don't, you can't get fired. You have to have like three formal warnings, multiple performance plans, all this documentation mm. because everyone's with unions, which is good because it means that, you know, if, if you're dismissed, there will be so much evidence to um, support that and you can't just get let go for no reason really. But in terms of like Pascress, the way that I respond is – and, and what your girlfriend said as well about detaching is so important and it's a really important thing for anyone um, to practice in regards to working with clients as well as working with bosses. So like there's been times where I had a boss um, who, although we worked with children, she, well, she was the CEO, she knew nothing about kids. She didn't know what transgender meant, <laughs> which was like, she was, um, and which is typical for our industry is a lot of people that are CEOs come in with a business model because they have to, um, mm. rather than that social work side. So she yeah, would put all these things, yeah, all these things in place. And I'll be like, this is extremely unethical um, for children. It's illegal, blah, blah, blah. Can um, I just jump in and, really quickly? The arts, yeah. It's just a very similar experience because uh, when you're in the arts, you, you also have to deal with people who come from a bit more of a business background or you yeah. know, the creative side of business, but it's, very, it's vastly different. And uh, it's very frustrating for people because look, people in the arts, can also have an ego thinking, you know, oh, fuck the mainstream. I don't care about profits, man. It's all about the art and it's all about the sanctity of the art. Whereas the business person's often coming in saying, hey, look, you know, there's a brand involved or we need to get ratings mm. on TV or we need to actually look at views. And there, 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 there's just so many clashes there, um, so many points of conflict. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar in the arts. Um, but yeah, go yeah. on. <laughs> it's hard because you're like, I know you're my superior, but like you don't get it. No, yeah, it's it's you don't get it. You don't have you know. I don't think you went to uni for eight years to study child development and psychology, but mm. um, it's so that is a tricky spot. And it, for that boss in particular, every time she screamed about something, why wasn't this done? Why was this? It, I kept thinking, oh well, I can sit down, mate, and explain it to you for two hours on why this decision was made because of like you know this child's trauma or this happened because of this, etc. But at the end of the day, she's never going to connect. So eventually, I just tried to reframe it in my mind and find it like a little bit humorous. Like I'd find it kind of funny that she would be so up in arms about isn't this funny this is the ceo of a business that she knows nothing about um and then i would just let it roll over my shoulders thinking well she needs me um a lot more than i need her and that kind of helped me and this boss in particular crossed a lot of boundaries as well actually in this whole um job i worked in <laughs> there was her and then that that was she was the ceo of the sleazy boss i had um wow. and okay. so i was dealing with both of them at the same time and it was interesting one time. The reason why I think I mentioned this in, in a previous podcast um, 
when I, the reason why I never escalated my sleep, my sleazy boss upwards or to the CEO is because one time at a Christmas party, um, the CEO had brought her son and, um, I had met him and later in a team meeting, I was like, I met your son. He was really nice. And she was like, you stay away from my son. I know what type of girl you are. You're a man eater, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I've had a boyfriend for four years, but sure. Yeah, so then I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to go to her and after this and say, um, by the way, I'm sexually harassed at work kind of thing. And the other thing that happened... How old this was her son, same really quickly? Same age oh, okay. as me. Oh, okay, because I was imagining yeah, he, he was like a child. child or something. Yeah. <laughs> I would be, I would have a much worse reaction <laughs> if someone ever said that to yeah, me Jesus. about a child. Um, but and in that same job, um, they also had a board so um there's often board members for um social work or therapeutic type of work to make um business decisions and things like that Mm. and at one point we were filming a a documentary kind of thing about the impact that um our, our job or what we do has on children and how we help them and how we get them from being you know in this situation until this situation and things like that so i was um nominated by the children um the teenagers to be the person that interviews them and gets all the their story and talk to them and basically we sit in a room for like two hours and um they tell me about their whole journey and things like that and we had put it before the board and they were like and and the kids that the teenagers we were interviewing had already been working with Mm. um and were were boys and the board members were like us sitting in a room and it was me and 12 men and that were all like 50 and 60 and they were like no uh, we don't want you doing this because you're, the way you look is just going to be distracting to these boys and they're not going to be able to think about anything other than, like, your boobs. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, but I'm wearing a jumper. Um, I've literally never worn anything revealing. I'd never even wear this, which is just showing my shoulders in front of, you know, at a, in a work situation. Um, but it's a lot of this unethical yeah, kind okay. of sexual like that wasn't that was like veiled sexual harassment i would say kind of um putting me at a disadvantage because i'm a young woman but that's doing my job right <laughs> and so how um, did you deal with so how do you deal with things like that when a, an entire board you know you don't really have a lot of power in that situation if you are the employee or if you are in that kind of well that i was angry okay so I kind of responded a bit assertively and I was like, well, Jeff, that's a really nice opinion you have, but I'm just going to do it anyway because I work with these children. Okay. They all trust me. It's not like they've got they seen me for a year and then one time they see me wearing the exact same clothes they've worked with me for the last year that they're going to think all oh, boobs. Um, and I was like, I also don't think it's really appropriate for you to say that. And um, yeah. he was like, we'll talk about this after you leave. But I was still given that opportunity to do that, which was – which is, um, Okay. Good, so in that situation, kind of standing up and, and it definitely helped. That, okay. But in in most other situations, I have to be like honest. Those are the two situations I've like really stood up for myself. But most times, I will try to see can I let this roll over without like you know detach from that and not let it um, 
you know, impact me? Is it going to stress me? Is it going to make me sadder Mm. or more unhappy um, to let this continue? Do I need to address it? If it's just a one-time thing where someone loses their cool, I'll let it slide. Or even if it's not so regularly, like it's not worth addressing it. I will only address something if I think this is really important that I need to address something. And when I've worked with my female bosses that I've ever had to um, like address a situation, I would try everything in my hands to do it um, via email. So there's documentation of it. So if they say, can are you have one hour to do this or can you do this or, or whatever, I will send them like a screenshot of my calendar or something. And I'll say, which task would you like me to prioritize or cancel in order for me to do this that you're asking me, like kind of like respond uh, professionally okay. and nicely, but, but- matching yeah. that kind of passive aggressiveness just, so you know it may that. be petty I'm not used to that i didn't go to a girl's <laughs> private school i don't know how to do that you, someone yes. crosses the line i tell them to fuck off but that i can't you yeah. can't really do that either yeah a, um i mean unless you get to an absolute to a point where you there's just absolutely no return um yeah. i suppose there's a lot of camaraderie um, that comes out from uh being with the, your colleagues and just bitching about the boss. I was talking to Daniel about oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's where uh, most work bonding seems to occur when you're out uh, at work drinks, the boss isn't there, and you're just like, fuck, the boss is an asshole. Hey, like that, that that's yeah. where uh, you, you have yeah. a common enemy. But um, exactly. I mean, if it's really adversely affecting your mental health, I think you'd, you'd, you'd have to prioritize that. I mean, that's ultimately what's going to keep you alive at the end of the day. And Money is important, especially if you've got responsibilities, if you've got a home loan, if you've got a family, but a Mm. really stressful work environment just sounds like hell. And even if you are on a contract or if you are in a position where you feel like you can't leave, I would be inclined to say, look, if it's it's not a temporary thing and this is how it's going to be, you've tried, you've tried being um, nice in through emails you've tried approaching them directly and and Mm. speaking to them and and they just don't get it maybe you're in a smaller business and there isn't a hr department or maybe even you've gone to hr nothing's happened so in that situation maybe it is better to just honestly just quit or now what what we're seeing with social media is everyone does have a much more amplified voice than they uh, may have previously Mm. and look at the situation with ellen all these people came out saying Ellen is actually a tyrant. Although yeah, I found that some of the yeah. stories I was like, oh, okay, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound like she's being that bad there. She just sounds yeah. like maybe she's had a bad day or she had some Stress, jokes where yeah. people would send her jokes and she'd be like, I was crap and, and throw it away, which, yeah, it's pretty mean, but I mean, that's not that think- bad. Like, I mean, I don't know, but yeah. then again, I don't know. Uh, maybe it is because you, you talk to a lot of older people who say, oh, Gen Z just are so fragile and can't handle any conflict and you tell them to do one thing and they crumble. Whereas Gen Z will say, no, you know, boomers are just idiots and Gen X don't know what mm. they're talking about. They have a very archaic method of uh, uh, managing and um, leadership. So I'm sure uh, yeah. the truth is somewhere in the middle, but uh if you, if you, I've been in one situation where um, I had all this money owed to me, and then these company just li- basically lied through their teeth and and said, and and this is my fault that you got to. If you're in my industry, always ask for a deposit before. It's silly. I was young, but 
um, I did this job, if you want to call it that, and then uh, they asked for all the sort of screenshots and the analytics of the video I'd done. This was like five years ago now. And then when I got, I sent that over, I said, all right, here's the invoice with it. And they said, oh, okay, just to let you know, the company has gone into liquidation and so you're now a creditor uh, or something. And so basically they knew they were going to go into liquidation. Uh, they, they didn't tell me. They went through this entire job and I uh, got, I, I was getting X amount. I'm not going to say how much it was. It was, good, it was a good amount of money. And then because I knew I was mm. getting that, I paid other people to be a part of right. my project. Uh. And then suddenly yeah. they're like, no, you're not getting paid. Or I'm a, technically a creditor. So if they, they, what happens is they sell off all their assets because they can't pay their loans. And then, you know, they pay the big creditors first, the people, their big mm -hmm. clients. I wouldn't, I'm never, you know, I'm never going to get paid. But yeah. uh, that, wow. I was fuming. And, um, but yeah. I couldn't do anything because there's so many middle companies in, in this chain of, in this corporate chain. So there was the brand that I was working with who went to another media buying agency, which I don't know what the hell that is. Then they went to an advertising agency. Then they went to a digital advertising agency and then they came to me. And so one of those companies, I can't remember if it was the digital advertising agency or the advertising agency was going to go into liquidation. They didn't tell me. And um, look, partly on me, you got to ask for deposits and you got to be, I'm now a lot firmer with contracts and things, but um, mm. sometimes you got to learn that the, the hard way. But um that was it's just unfair you know that was yeah. that was a big amount of money that i you know i had to refinance a lot of my yeah, later in wow. the end i was just when i was buying my apartment and so it affected oh, how much shit. i could borrow for the loan and all sorts of things so it was just a total oh, wow. nightmare but i couldn't say anything about the brand because technically the brand didn't do anything wrong it was this other company that's now defunct mm. but there's been other situations where people have just not been paying me and then i've 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 become like a influencer karen because you have to, because you just, I'll, I'll just send them a, a, a message being like, hey, it's your, your invoice is overdue by blah, blah, blah amount. It would be a shame if my X amount of followers uh, heard this story about how your company has done me wrong. And like every time I've done that, they've immediately paid like the next day. So um, yeah, but I'm in that, I can do that sort of stuff. And so, yeah. and I would do it. I'd openly be like, hey, everyone, no one work with this bloody company. They're a disaster. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the, the recent one wow. isn't – it's not like anything malicious occurred. They're, they're, they've done their – like everything has been paid and everything's proper there, but it's just dealing with it the certain mm. – and again, I think these people are getting pressure from their higher-ups and yada, yada, yada. So it's all very complicated. But um, I wonder if, you know, there's just workplaces are now – there's just too many – especially in media, there's just too many people trying to – trying to be creative and it doesn't maybe actually need to get rid of some of all this extra staff and these this consultant and that consultant and all these extra people that yeah you know, do they really need to be there yeah it's so hard and it's it's one of those things where it's like you know by confronting a boss or or someone like that it's a very risky situation mm. and you know i'm the type of person where i feel 
well, if something is this bad, then I'll leave and Same. fuck this or fuck that person. Like, I'm not going to put up with this because if it's not making me happy, what's it serving me other than money? I, if I can find that elsewhere, then I will. So I very much am, am that type of person. But also being a boss to my own team, it's a re- I can understand the both sides of how hard it is to manage um, so many personality dynamics and addressing concerns. There's no right way about it like I definitely try to influence my um the team I work with by killing them with kindness and support so that they do things that I ask Mm. them and it seems to be working and if there's something if there's a deficit in in this person's work I'll say here's what I really like like I like that you do this I like this approach that you do I like that you're very child-centered blah 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 and I say here's what I want to develop in you and I want to send you on this training we'll do this and try to like frame it in a really like positive kind of um way so Mm. that really I'm addressing a concern, but they're, they're on board with that as well, which I think is really important is that the person has to be on board with the change or request that you're asking for. But I also think that for other people that are like, do I address it? Do I say something? Um, do I leave it, put in an email, things like that? First of all, if you have an HR um, person at your work and you do choose to escalate it that way I will let you know that they will ask for evidence and passive aggressive emails is not enough it needs to be very very specific evidence over a prolonged period of time so if it's something that's only happened once or twice going to HR may not work because it or may not be of benefit because then you're going to have to have mediation that your boss gets informed of this complaint or issue for something that wasn't evidence and then gets dropped. Mm. So that's a so risk awkward. that you have to take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes in those scenarios, it's better to try and hash it out and, and document it afterwards. Like this is our conversation. Or um, sometimes if I have any kind of important conversations like that, I will, send a summary to that person afterwards saying, hi, thanks for your chat. Um, as per our conversation, dot point, dot point, point. like this is my concern. This is what we agreed on or whatever. Mm. Um, just to have that there is really important. But in terms of approaching someone um, to have that conversation, frame it in a way being like, look, I really want to work well and this is what I need to work. Mm. So you can say like, I can't work with a boss that um, I feel is micromanaging me or maybe be careful of saying you're micromanaging, but I can't feel like um, I work better independently or I work really good when I'm given the resources and let to um, you know, show and demonstrate the work that I can do or I work better in um, – being approached this way. I ask my team all the time, how do you want me to communicate? Do you want me to meet with you in coffee and get a coffee to talk about this issue? Do you want me to email you? Like what, what works for you? Um, and they all have different answers. So mm. depending on who I'm working with, I will address the concern differently. Sometimes it's as simple as for me when I, if I work with a boss, I'll say, if you have a problem, just send it to me in an email sentence. You don't have to sit with me for 40 minutes and talk about my strengths and weaknesses, blah, blah, blah. Um, and for some of the team I work with, I do have to do that. I can't just say this was really poorly written report. Um, can you redo it? It doesn't work like that. I had to sit and talk them through, you know, truck change it, edit it with them. So it, it's up to that person. Your boss should have that leadership skill to acknowledge that. But if they don't, you need to ask for it. 
You need to say, if you have problems with me, I really want to sit down with you and talk them through. I really want to know what I can do to improve or whatever. Try go from that approach first. Yeah, um, yeah framing it in a positive but, way like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But if they're harassing you. No, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, I want to be. Or belittling <laughs> you. It's a bit different. Yeah, probably not if, they're, if they're harassing yeah, you. Yeah, don't be like. Hey, look, I want to be the best asset I can be to this company. Maybe stop uh, harassing me after work. Yeah, what can I do what better? I, yeah, what can I do? What can I bring to the table to improve the yeah. situation? Because you don't want to be a doormat. You have to be a little bit assertive about it and you have to know your worth. And to be honest, if if you confront someone like that and then they say, well, like, you're not a good match or this is a big issue or whatever, it just goes to show that that company or organization that you work for doesn't value you. So why are you sitting and working somewhere that is stressing you out if it's actually not they don't care if you leave or not. And I think that's a really telling thing. If they say like, okay, I apologize. Like I really need you and I'll do ABC. Great. But if they're like, oh my God, don't be a crybaby and come to me with this. They're not going to care whether you leave or not. And I will never work at somewhere where I'm not highly valued. Mm -hmm. I mean, like with any relationship, really, sometimes you can over estimate what is occurring to you so you have a subjective reality that you're experiencing and you're existing in and, exactly. and so i'm also reticent to immediately of course don't be a doormat that's that's extremely important but I'm, yeah. I'm i'm hesitant to immediately jump to being assertive straight away i think what you said about first framing yeah. it in a positive way and then sort of trying to ameliorate ameliorate whatever the stresses may be uh that yeah. that's that seems efficacious and it also says a lot about the boss if they're mm. are they a good communicator do they also understand hey but I'm, I'm not perfect uh, it, it's not my way or the highway i think a good boss is someone who doesn't feel like a boss and and feels like a colleague yes. but you do yeah. indirectly understand this is my superior but i respect them yeah. and i admire them and i want to work hard for them i want to do uh everything I can because I believe in this company or the mission or whatever it may be. And exactly. those are the best leaders. So, but then a bad leader would not, I'm guessing would find it very hard to accept the criticism that they're a bad leader <laughs> because mm. they'd probably have their own skewed version of reality. And then just like any relationship that deteriorates and results in arguments and tension, it, it could get, very very messy so when you're in your yeah especially if they're like intimidating the oh, thought of telling yeah. someone you know you're not being a great leader is terrifying and you wouldn't do it because you're like there's you know especially when there's things like gender and age and experience or whatever that comes into play as well they're like honey you've been in this industry for two years i've been doing this for 25 yeah, years everyone's like... ego gets <laughs> up so yeah it's, uh, like if you are in a leadership position you got to be wary of that too uh i try to when i yeah. am other people i'm always trying to say you know are you happy with everything how am i performing yeah. um do you want me to do anything differently things like that um i try what mm. i can um so keeping that kind of open line of communication where no one gets to as any therapist would say about a romantic relationship the ability to accept criticism without ego is that mm. is in, it's, it's so valuable and i think in a professional mm. relationship that's important and if your boss or even just a colleague can't do it that that says a lot 
And when when you're in your 20s and uh, if you don't have any major responsibilities, if you don't have a home loan or a family yet, that's when you need to decide, is this an industry I can be in for the rest of my life? Because when you've got a couple of kids and a home loan, it's a lot harder. It's a a lot harder Mm -hmm. to leave the job that you hate. So make that decision um, before it's too late because your workplace is one third of your life. You spend eight hours a day there, mm-hmm. at least probably more, and this is a, yeah. a stressful environment. It's going to be just as bad as a stressful family environment. So, exactly, and you have to think about what's what stress are you taking home from work, and how that impacts literally everything. Stress makes you sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes it impacts your relationships, your friendships. It's in your health, like I highly recommend if you are a stressful person and you're stressed at work, I highly, highly recommend you reading the book when the body says no, um, because Mm. that will terrify you from being stressed. You'll be stressed about being stressed, but I think it's important to understand what prolonged stress does to an individual long-term and it can at points be irreversible as well. So be really cautious of that. Is this worth it? Is it worth me staying back 10 p.m., 7 p.m. even working for a boss that I don't have respect for or Mm. isn't treating me well. Like, I think you made a really good point about respect. Like, bosses need to get their team on board through respect rather than intimidation. Um, And I think it's about understanding your own self-worth. Don't be a nitpicker. Like, I have, I think I talked about this once, but I have a friend who is, um, vegan and he started a new job brand new and some of the people teased him about being vegan just not even like maliciously he isn't he works in like a business type job and he went to hr about it and i was like that is not a hill i'd be willing to die on so hr went had to go talk to all these people i know that's what i said i was like come on I'm really trying to like change this. I'm like, Um, anyone's like, well, yeah, you're a vegan, are you? Soy boy. I'm like, all right, let's do the blood work. Let's measure our testosterone. Okay. Yes. Let's see. (laughs) That's exactly what I say. I don't say let's do my blood work because I know I'm iron deficient (laughs) slightly, but I do say who's getting all the good karma, babe? It's me. Like, (laughs) so. I own it. At the restaurant the other day, this guy was having a go at me and, um, uh, I was like, tr- I was purposely like talking to the waiter, like, um, is this, is this vegan? And then I was like, uh, just want everyone to know. I was a few beers, di- I was a few beers in, but I was like, I just want everyone to know here. I'm a, I'm a vegan. Just did, did I, did you hear that at the table there? <laughs> I own it now. So yeah. good. Just prepare for Neil, eating our great Neil Soyboy Cole Hacker. Let's go. Love yeah. that. <laughs> Are you still doing it? Like yeah. completely or mostly? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a few instances where I've slipped up, but no, 90, I'd say 98, I've been 98% wow. plant-based for now. What? How long? Five months or something? It's been It's been like three, three four, five, five three, four, five. Yeah. Good exactly, for you. Yeah. So. And has there been significant differences? I feel better. Everyone who says, um, oh, do you have any energy? I feel like I've got more energy. I feel... Yeah, I, I've lost a little bit of weight, I think. Um, but I think there's other that that, that that's because I've also been exercising a lot, and mm. I feel really good. I don't good. feel deficient in anything, and um, 
I've, yeah. I've all, I, when my family cooks for me, I don't, I've, I've said, look, if you, if you try to, but if you cook with meat yeah. or whatever, that's fine. I'll eat it. And so I had like this bolognese yeah. that they made, but uh, no, I don't buy any, um, yeah, I haven't bought any animal products or other than honey. I do like honey and I think that's ethically yeah, okay. Fair. But uh, yeah. other than that, um, yeah, been doing it for a wow, while. Wow, good for you. Soy boy, let's go. And your girlfriend? Nah, she uh, she <laughs> no. loves the meat. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Also fair enough. Yeah. So <laughs> It's hard. It's, it's one of those things that seems so hard and then when you do it, you're like, uh. It's fucking yeah. piss easy. Yeah, I mean, this time, like, there's one time where I was actually with a few colleagues and they went to this seafood restaurant and there was just, I had to have chips and it was just, oh, I was looking at the the, the food there. I was so, te- oh, so yeah. tempted. But, um, yeah. yeah, there's been a few nights like that where I can just have the chips, which is it's annoying, but, you know, at least yeah, I chips. I craved sausages for, like, eight years after being after being vegetarian because mm. uh, i've been i haven't eaten meat since i was 12 so Whoa. 15 Damn. years well those other those fake meat <laughs> sausages are pretty good they taste like real sausages sausages are good vegan sausages are hard to come by patties yes mince yes sausages okay mm. but um i've really create and yeah like eight years ago Vegan sausages weren't really a thing, mm. um, aside from veggie dogs, which is... There you go. Okay. It gets, oh, gets the spot. But yeah, I craved that for so long. And the, the smell of Bunnings sausage sizzle would just, like, kill me. Um, and also when I played netball and they do, like, sausage, Ooh, so- like sausage yeah, sizzle. Yeah, on the, sun- on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, the Sunday sport yeah. after that. You get this... Yeah. Um, but now, like, white bread. half the... Oh, it's so Aussie. Yeah, and then but everywhere you go now, they often have the alternative, which is really amazing. It's changing a lot, um, yeah. It's pretty good. It's changing so much to the point now where sometimes when I order things that it's vegan meat, I don't. I genuinely don't know if it's real meat or not. Um, and the only way I can tell is I'm like, well, I'll be really sick later if it's real. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's trippy. Yeah. Um, so pretty amazing. Pretty but yeah, let, let's. I'm sure a lot of listeners are now. Yeah, shut up. Just, shut up, guys. They've just fucking okay. we get it. <laughs> logged off. <laughs> um, I suppose we can, uh, yeah. So, okay, to summarize some of the strategies if you're dealing with a stressful work environment, it doesn't have to be a boss, just a stressful work environment, detachment, start off, uh, you know, positively, uh, keep it keep it within yourself if you are angry at, at the start and see how that goes see if there are other avenues if you can if you have other colleagues that are having the same experience that's a really good way to then if you go as a group then that would be a lot more uh convincing you'd you'd hope for a boss if three of you are, are, are sort of directly saying hey we don't like this environment um mm. but then you also don't want to be a doormat but you don't want to be too picky and you can ease up to then eventually being quite assertive and aggressive and just understand that if you do draw a line or if you do um directly say i'm not i'm not enjoying this there can be it's not it's very rare that a boss would just then say oh okay i didn't realize that i'll stop doing that and i'm sure there will be some sort of conflict so brace yourself for that but that's life you got to 
you got to be willing to uh, endure those points of conflict sometimes. And it mm. is somewhat true when uh, when boomers say, "Oh, Gen Gen Z so scared of conflict in the in the workplace and and any point of conflict, they just they just um, go within their shell and and go home and tweet about it or whatever." So look, it's, it can be good practice. Like just look them in the eye and and say, "Hey, look, this is I don't think you're a bad person, but." I think this strategy is it's de- it's definitely not conducive to bringing out the best in me. Uh, yeah, so. it's a really good point about it being good practice because if you're the type of person where you're quite like passive and that the thought of doing that is really scary, hmm. you just got to think what is the worst that's going to happen if you go in and have a calm conversation saying I'm struggling with this. You're not going to get fired on the spot for that. That's illegal. Hmm. Um, they can't say get out. You're too nice with you saying you're struggling with it. So what is the worst that's going to happen? One, they get defensive and it doesn't work out. So you have to, you're back to exactly where you were the day before Mm. contemplating, should I leave now? Or I've tried to address it. Or two, you've actually come to some kind of resolution where you don't have to live in that kind of space anymore. Like what is the worst that happens in in trying? Um, And if things fall to shit and they do target you and think, oh, you know, you're a useless employee or I don't want to work with you anymore, you've hurt my ego, then good. That's the universe pushing you out of that job. That's your sign that this is not serving you anymore mm. um, and it's time to move on or leave or find an alternative. Absolutely. So, and don't address, exactly, don't address any concern ever, aggressive, aggressive, because even if you're completely true, it's you're going to lose all your validity um, and credibility if you just go in guns blazing, screaming about something. Mm. So be calm. Mm-hmm. And this definitely applies to people in more white collar jobs. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's like in, uh, uh, you know, on the job side. I'm sure there's just as many asshole bosses and colleagues there, and people not pulling their weight. But I think there you yeah. probably you'd want to be a bit more direct. And there's yeah. usually there, there there can be unions and things in, involved, but that's not really my area of expertise. So. If anyone in the comments knows a bit more about that, let us let us know. Um, yeah, they probably like just organize a fight club <laughs> and hash yeah. it out that way. <laughs> yeah, have a biff. Get on, you know, just <laughs> hit them with a good jab. Um, my friend was working yeah. at the, the – they're building a new crown here um, in Sydney, another bloody casino, mm. and uh, he go. was working on that. And he wanted to keep going. It was really good pay, um, but but also pretty tough work, like ten hour days and then Saturday a half day oh, and wow. stuff. But like unbelievable pay. And is he construct like in trade? Or? No, I don't know. I think he was just a laborer. I don't think he was because okay, yeah. he's got a degree, but he just didn't want to. He wanted to do some um, physical work for a while before he. Fair. Well, I'll be interested to ask him once he actually, and now he's in your industries. Well, sort of. He's doing disability support, um, so he's wow. doing a bit of everything. But he's got a lot of men that work in trade or labour go over to disability. It's so interesting mm. how even Adrian wants to do that. It's crazy. I can think of at least ten, fifteen guys I know that work in disability and were tradies. Interesting unrelated but there you go yeah yeah, i wonder why um but yeah he uh he said a big reason why he quit was because the boss was just kind of i don't think 
from what he told me, it wasn't that the boss was uh, a tyrant or a maniac or anything, but just hard to deal with. And I think the boss was going through a hard time in his life, recently divorced oh. and and just mm. was not good to be around. And, mm. and, and there was parts where he did sound like he was a bit demanding and controlling. I mean, look, to, to a sense, yeah. sometimes the boss does have to step in and say, all right, you're not pulling your weight. Come on. Yeah. Like, fix it. Yeah. All right. Pull your head in. So don't think that every single time the boss is yelling at you, don't immediately think, oh, this guy's an asshole. Like, it, could, it could be you. So you have to engage yeah, in that true. possibility as well. It could, it could, especially, yeah. if, you know how we say people who have gone from relationship to relationship and say, I always end up with insert the Bad crazy one. Yeah. Then if you're <laughs> yeah. doing the same, if you if you're going to multiple workplaces and oh my bosses always treat me like shit. All right, yeah. maybe that's you then. Who's okay. the common denominator? So <laughs> don't just immediately think, oh, the, the boss is an asshole. Maybe maybe you're not doing yeah. the job. Maybe you gotta be better. Very good point. So but yeah, it it just says it it just man, having a good not just boss, but a good work environment is so valuable. Whatever the industry, however big or small the business, it's I used to always wonder why there's all these consultants all around, you know, doing all this stupid team building crap in the in the yeah. white collar industry. But now I sort of think, okay, if it does improve the conditions, uh, yeah, and the 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 sort of the emotional climate of a workplace, that will really translate into better performance of that given company or business. So. It does. Every job I've worked at, basically, we've had a consultant come in and we spend thousands of dollars. I'd like to do this, actually. And they just come in and then they do all these like cool little activities and then you feel bonded and you feel heard and validated. And then they summarize afterwards a list for the CEO saying, here are all the issues that you need to address. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Like, well, there you go. Especially if you're dealing with like massive corporations where they can afford that sort of stuff and... Yeah. Every little arm of the company matters. And if the performance increases 10%, I'm sure some economist has done all of this high up. You know, if we can increase this arm of the company, if they can, their productivity goes up 10%, yeah. then this other arm there will go, go up 10% or whatever. Yeah. And the other thing about big I corporations, mean. though, when we're talking about, I mean, if you're working at a big bank or if um, you, know, you work at, I don't know, Amazon or whatever, there's not a lot of accountability there. In, in a small business of four people, everyone knows their role. Everyone's probably working mm -hmm. with each other, can see exactly what you're doing. So you can see if someone's being lazy. You can see if someone, if they're mm -hmm. not pulling their weight. Whereas in a large, massive corporation, yeah, there's a little bit, but especially as you get to the higher echelons of power, they can make horrible decisions, yeah. but it's such a gargantuan corporation that would barely affect the, the bottom line. But then... If a mm. culture continues to spread throughout that corporation, then you start affecting the bottom line and then it can affect shareholders. But then often the government just bails them out or whatever. And then, and it's not as though you can then go to your next job and you can still lie basically. and well, Not lie, but say, hey, look, this is what I did with my team and this is the performance I, I got when realistically three years down the track, whatever you did actually really screwed up that particular mm -hmm. arm of the the big bank or the corporation or, or or whatever and and that 
that uh, as someone who just either works for myself or works in small teams it kind of gets to me when people are in these major corporations and aren't really it it feels like yeah. again I'm not I've been there but it feels like in the leadership positions there's not a lot of accountability yeah did you hear what happened this week with um Kellogg's or last no, week, I guess, what, when this comes out what happened so there was a huge strike of like 150 employees plus um, who stopped, refused working because of the work conditions being so terrible, Mm -hmm. like really toxic work environment and um, working. Someone said she'd worked 61 days in a row for 10 to 12 hours, sometimes 16 hours. And is this Um, in America or Australia? I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, the CEO, after they striked for one day, the CEO just fired them all. And it was like, no, fuck you. Um, Can you do that? It sounds like America. I don't think you like Australia has a lot better work protections. Maybe. Maybe not. Anyway, well, he he fired them all and then just rehired for their jobs. But then the jobs that they rehired for had like tens of thousands of fake applicants so that to teach them a lesson kind of thing. So you can't just replace them. You have to deal with it because now there's tens of thousand people pretending to want this job oh. and wasting their time with it. So oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. Nice. Yeah. If you can get the if you if you have a voice, if you can sort yeah. of get the public to see what's going on. Do it. Um that can really yeah. uh that that's there was a strike power, last week as well for teachers yeah. in in Australia. Yeah. Well New South Wales, yeah. Interesting. So we'll see what comes from that. Teachers strike yeah. is a big deal. Well the kids probably loved it. I always loved it when the teachers went on strike. Yeah. Because you get the, yeah, free period or whatever. But um, Have they been doing it for like a every year or something? Well, I remember in, in my, I went to huh. just local schools in, in the southern Sydney. And yeah, every pretty much every year there was some strike. And you either had to go in late or there was just like a sub that took care of 100 kids. <laughs> so it was good either way. <laughs> yeah, my friend's a teacher and he was saying that um when they all went on strike and I was like, Well, does someone go in, like a substitute something, a teacher or something? And he was like, Well, they said that if you go in one or two substitute teachers, they're liable for every single child. So no one went in. <laughs> the kids were like, Well fuck up the school. Damn, that would be the, that would No be one fun. was willing to take Damn that risk. Yeah, yeah. well. Um yeah, no. This, like I said at the start of the podcast, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up soon. But it's it has sort of changed uh, my view of things like unions and these other worker protection yeah. organisations because that is important and uh, to a degree. Obviously, you don't want to. You still need to give some free reign to bosses and and superiors to to. To have that authority and to let the company do its thing, but there is a balance. There's a balance, like with everything. All right, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to that one. I actually do have to mention there's a couple that came to my um, Sydney show, and they're from Gosford. So they were they were (laughs) saying to Eliza, "Yeah, yeah, if you if you got some, (laughs) if you want some some friends up in the sunny coast, they (laughs) love sex cells." Thanks, Neil. They were listening to it that night, uh, uh, the day after it came out, but I've uh, oh unfortunately completely forgotten their names. But I remember they gave me a passion for it. I don't know what that was about. Oh, but that's so cute! Yeah, it was very cute. So, uh, shout I out to the that. couple that gave me a passion for it uh, that were at my show. <laughs> 
um, on Thursday. I do that show every Thursday in Sydney. Now every month in Melbourne too. So neildan.com, get Yay. some tickets. Uh, crushorganics.com, use the code. And we, we've uh, still got the questions and, and shout outs available. neilcohacker.com slash podcasts. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And thank you. We'll see you next time. See you next week. <laughs>